When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. It's a landmark lift for Lord. They are the champions. The new football season has just kicked off and it feels like there's more interest in the Irish League than ever before. He's beaten Walsh and it is a 2-1, 2-4-1. Attendances are on the rise. Several clubs have attracted wealthy investors. Both men's and women's premiership has a new sponsor. This is the Sports Direct Premiership. And there's more media coverage than ever before. Dungannon produced an extraordinary fight back last night against Northern Irish Premiership champions Larne. Lovely first from Larne. But it's not all Rosie in the garden. Irish League clubs are yet to make a major breakthrough in European competition. And just last week, the PSNI announced a new strategy to deal with some of the problems that have dogged the game for decades. Some of our grounds, frankly, are stuck in the past. You know, when you enter those grounds, you think, goodness me, am I back in the 1970s? I want to see families at games, but um, you wouldn't bring your granny to some Irish league grounds, I'll tell you that. I'm Keith Bailey, and I'm your host for today's Bell Tell, and I'm joined by our chief sports writer, Stephen Beacom, and legendary football manager, David Jeffrey, to ask the question, does the Irish league have a bright future, or is it still stuck in the past? David, pleasure to have you in the studio. Um, your long association with Irish League football, very successful manager at Limfield, a top player as well in your day. Um, now a, a Belfast Telegraph Saturday columnist. Um, nobody knows Irish League football quite like you. Um, what makes the Irish League so special to you? Keith, at, at, at risk of alienating maybe an awful lot of our our listeners, um, I'm actually going to go back from the genesis uh, of my love for the Irish League and why it is so special. I remember Mr. Brooks, um, father of a, of a primary school friend of, of myself, my brother Billy, who took us to our first game uh, down at the Hen Run. Dundella against Linfield Swifts, circa 1972-73, and it was my first proper game. And I just, I always loved football, but that was my first proper game to go along to and just loved it. Fast forward then maybe into to the, the mid-70s, I remember going to several games with a, a lovely family friend, Mr. Hamilton, who took us to Crusaders away, Glen Torn away, Ards away in, in the Irish Cup. I can remember all of those games uh, so fervently and, and so easily. And I just love, say, love football, love the crowds that were there. But fast forward, probably to make it a little bit more personal, why I love the Irish League is, is one, is a very pragmatic reason. Save my footballing career. 
I went across to Manchester United as a young boy, as a schoolboy, signed associated forms, then fast forward as an apprentice, was an, a professional for three years, and yet I didn't make the grade. First two years went very well, but the third year of my professional contract didn't go as well. And would you believe it was Ronnie McFall and Glenn Torn that saved my footballing career? Um, I remember coming home, being invited to come home and play in a friendly match for Glenn Torn. Was pretty despondent at that stage because I'd already been told by Ron Atkinson, "Son, I'm sorry, you're not good enough," and having to get that round my head and, and recalibrate, so to speak. And uh, I remember on the morning of the game, saying to my mum, "Listen, if I I don't." play well tonight mum I'm rapping football and she said David trust in God and you'll be absolutely fine so played for for as I say Ronnie McFall and Glenn Torn that evening against Liverpool as they say God kicked it or if I kicked it God guided it and I had a fantastic fantastic game and that sort of then gave me the confidence to sort of believe I maybe can play albeit not in England but, but over here in, in Northern Ireland so Irish League as I say from my own personal point of view saved my footballing career if I jump forward, bits that I love about the Irish League are, is this, and again, you guys are, are are much younger than me. But when you go through all of the troubles and all what we, we went we, we we went through in that awful awful time in this country, football continued to bring people together, which was phenomenal. When I think about the the, the players and the identity they had with clubs and with supporters, so many so many things. But if if I was asked to, to sum it up. You know, and I've, I've talked about players, fans, supporters, the volunteers, the unpaid heroes, as I call them. If there was one thing that I absolutely love about Irish League fo- football is that it's proper football. It's absolutely proper football. There's that physicality. There's that desire to win. Now, maybe it, it's beginning to, 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 to be refined a little bit, but the fact that, that it is local, it's locally based, I don't have to get on a plane or a train or, or, or a boat to go and see it. It, it is very it's easy sort of to, to get to it, but it's real and it's proper. And to be brutally honest, means an awful lot to me. I was blessed to play for Linfield, blessed to play with Ards, blessed to play for Lauren, then managed Linfield, then obviously managed Ballymena United. And the love affair with myself and the Irish League just gets greater and greater. Fantastic, yeah. I think we can all, all us Irish League fans can relate to that. It's still the, the working class game, whereas maybe the Premier League in England and the Champions League has kind of lost that sort of uh, working class influence, if you like. Stephen... To bring us up to date, for those of our listeners who maybe aren't tapped into the Irish League or fall on a weekly basis, where's the league at the moment? Would you say it's in a good place? I would say, Keith, the Irish League is in a better place than it was, say, a decade ago. Um, When you look at the matches, they do tend to be incredibly dramatic. We're recording this on a Tuesday, the night after Larne played against Dungannon Swifts. Now, it should have been a walkover for Lauren. They're the champions. They should have beat Dungannon with ease. They were 4-1 up, and Dungannon made this incredible comeback to draw the game 4-4. It was exhilarating. It was on Sky Sports. Lots of people from across the world would have been watching, and it was Irish League football at its best. So what Irish League gives and guarantees is drama, unpredictability, and a touch of craziness, let's be honest about it. It can be crazy at the worst of times, at the best of times. I would say, though, that I do think, Keith, that there are still improvements that can be made in Irish League football. And we have to make these improvements to ensure that it's stronger in the future. And I'm sure we'll talk about these um, at length, but there's one that really does my head, and I've got to be honest, it's the stadia. You know, um, 
some of our grounds, frankly, are stuck in the past. You know, when you enter those grounds, you think, goodness me, am I back in the 1970s? Sometimes I think I'm Doctor Who and I've been time traveling and I'm going back to the 1970s to think, where is this? And it's just not acceptable now for people who come to games. I want to see families at games, but um, you wouldn't bring your granny to some Irish league grounds, I'll tell you that. But, you know, Stephen, I'm right on your page. One about the unpredictability. I actually had that written down in my preparatory notes. I can't believe I'm singing off the same hymn sheet as, as our Stephen straight away. Straight Way. But when it comes to the stadium, you know, this is what frustrates me because in terms of, and we will get to it probably in more depth, but look at the monies that was set aside. I agree. You look at the monies that's been set aside, like how many years have we been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for this for this money to, to, to come into the game? As I said, you know, one of the reasons why I loved the Irish League was the prominent part that Irish League football played during the most awful, most terrible times in our in our country's history. It's it's really was it went through so many things and yet it was the one consistent through thick or thin. And you would think for at some stage when is going to government going to stand up and say, listen, here's where we should be investing. You, you, you go and look at other countries and you look at their stadia, you know, it's it's not that it's all private or commercial monies. There is some statutory input and for the life of me I can't understand why you know there's there's this continued hold up. Every so often it becomes Political with a small p and a big p, and people talk about what what is going to happen. Clubs will will you know will 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 raise it again, but ultimately at some stage someone has got to grab this by the the, the scruff the scruff of the neck. We've looked at Windsor Park, we've looked at you know at Raven Hill or the Kingspan Stadium as I say. There's the whole the, the chat and conversation around casement, but a hundred percent Stephen that if we're going to go forward, our stadium needs to be more family family friendly. Just in terms of even simple things like. Being able to go to the loo and somewhere was clean, sitting in seats which aren't dirty, you know, being able to sit in stands where, the, where, where, where there's a covering. But I do think that, that, that this is somewhere where government have got to stand up, they've got to look at the local game. And if they invest, they will reap the rewards, they being the government, never mind the footballing community. Yeah, the, the sub-regional funding should have been released ages ago. It's an absolute disgrace and travesty that it hasn't been released. And hopefully over the next few years, people in Stormont will get their finger out and do the right thing by football. Yeah, it is incredible. I mean, that money was originally promised by Decal. It was first talked about back in 2011 and here we are in, in 2023 and we're still talking about it. It's uh, It's been an incredible delay and a painful delay because that $36 million is worth nowhere near as much as what it would be, you know, what it would have been. 12 years ago, so it's it's come at a cost. Now, we're talking up the Irish League. We're, we're all very passionate about it, but maybe one area where we haven't seen success would be in Europe. We have had some great results. No doubt Crusaders were superb this summer with a fantastic victory over over Hacke and then running uh, Rosenberg uh, close uh, right into extra time, the Norwegian giants that they are. Disappointment for Glen Torn, knocked out by a Maltese team, which isn't great. And it was a mixed bag for for Lauren and Limfield, but we still haven't had that major breakthrough of getting an Irish League team into the group stages. Um, and you see other countries, the League of Ireland, obviously, but but even smaller countries such as the Thur- Faroe Islands have produced teams that have been in the group stages of, of European competition. David, what do you think we need to do to break that glass ceiling? Keith, again, let me contextualise this. And um, Stephen Beacom, 
was away, away beyond his, t- his time many, many years ago when he accompanied uh, Linfield Football Club and myself to a game uh, we played out in Georgia. I think the team was Katazi. I thought we did particularly well given the circumstances, i.e. with no pre-season games of any any great note. Um, and, and, and it was always about can we do our best? Can we get a decent result? Can we get through what would be incredible? But I remember Sir Stephen writing what I thought at the time was, was quite a hard-hitting piece in terms of, of our performance in Europe. And yet I've got to say it wasn't too long after that excellent piece that when I really reflected on on um, how we could do better in, in Europe, that a lot of what was being said by Stephen was exactly, the, you know, the, 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 the truth. And it was hitting it right in the head. And I don't want anybody to think this is self, some self-appreciation society. It's a simple fact in terms of where, where, where Stephen was with his, with his opinion. Now, fast forward to, to now... Um, if 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 we are going to progress in Europe, and I prior to this I held a very traditional viewpoint uh, when I managed Linfield and also when I managed uh, Balamina, part of that was my responsibility as manager of both clubs to to go with what the club viewpoint maybe was on it, um, and while that might have changed at, at Linfield, um, not so sure that this maybe changed at Balamina, but I am very very much in the seat of we have now got to change our season. We have now got to. We've now got to be playing summer football without any shadow of a doubt. We've got to change the season if we're going to give clubs any realistic opportunity of, of progressing. There has been various efforts made. You know, uh, the, you know, the monies. Remember the Welsh FA give the Welsh teams monies to come across and play teams over here. So, uh, 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 but they were still friendly games. You know, even if you fast forward to this year, we played the 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 charity shield to give Lauren and Crusaders a chance of a. Comp- competitive game but you, you talk about managers and we talk about getting minutes in legs we need to get minutes in heads you know players need to be switched on you, you talked about the Glen Torn game against against the Maltese opposition and roller coaster night here's the, the baseline Warren Feeney was absolutely right in the money if Glen Torn had taken their chances they would have and should have and could have progressed now I'm suggesting that if they've been up and running in the, the season they would have got through Crusaders, immense, immense, immense effort against, you know, quality, quality opposition. I'm still convinced that there was enough quality there and given, the, the you know, the, the, how they performed, that if they had been playing competitively, they would have got through. Europe isn't all just about summer football, though. It's about the, the, the look of the draw and you look at the draw that, that Lauren got. But I would suggest again, that, and particularly in the first game, um, if, if Lauren had been playing competitively, I think they, they 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 could have got through, and so on and so forth. So for me, if we're going to pro- if we're going to give our teams the chance to progress, then they've got to be playing football competitively. To be able to do that, we need to change the season, and we need to do that as soon as possible. Stephen, what's the case against summer football? I mean, at the moment we we play the traditional season of August to May, but there's obviously in the League of Ireland they play February to November. That gives a, an advantage during the summer months when the, the European qualifiers are, are played. Why have we not made that switch already? Because Northern Ireland is an incredibly traditional place and um, uh, people don't like change and they find it very, very hard to change their ways. And that has always been the case in the Irish League. You only have to look at the, the recent Sunday football vote at the Irish FA AGM and how many people were shocked by the result of that. Um Summer football would help the clubs in Europe. Um, would it help the clubs who don't qualify for Europe? 
I'm not so sure. Um, and that is something that the powers that be are going to have to talk to them about in order to get them on side. I will say this though about Europe. Um, the League of Ireland clubs obviously have now qualified for the group stages in Europe, which is fantastic. And they've only done that through their seasonal change. Um, so I do believe it would help. Tell you something else that would help. Belief. I am of the strong opinion that Irish league teams do not show enough belief in Europe. And it's been my opinion for about 25 years. Um, I think the Irish league players are actually better than what they believe they are when they go on and play in continental competition. And um, if you look at the record this season, Irish league teams played 14 games in Europe. They won two of them. That's just not acceptable in my opinion. You know, they should have been doing better than that. And um, the fact you mentioned that you referenced it, Keith, the Faroe Islands now have a team in the group stages of Europe for the very first time. The Faroe Islands has a population of 53,000. If they can qualify for Europe, I reckon teams from Northern Ireland should be able to do the same. Two things I'll say, Stephen. One, I, I'll, I'll take my second point first, if, if you would like. And the Faroe teams are are playing, they're playing competitively at the moment. Yeah, that's that. That's the thing. I, I I appreciate and understand and see where you're getting, but understand this as a player and as a manager and and as a coach. You see, when you're not playing right up to the mark, when your first competitive game is actually in Europe. You're nowhere near up to, up to the pace, Stephen. And I, I remember uh, uh, when managing Balamina and we pro- progressed in, in Europe. We, we played a team for the Faroes. Now, we won 2-0 at home. I think we were beaten maybe 1-0 away. Or, or, but we were able to progress anyway. Now, that was a ginormous, ginormous, ginormous effort. But it was such a tough task. And everyone thought we were going we to waltz through, which wasn't, wasn't the case because they're playing competitively. And I would suggest that if our teams were playing competitively, they would have a much better chance to progress. Here's the other thing we're talking about the Faroe Islands. And we've talked about the stadia and we've talked about the funding. You want to see the, 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 the facilities that they have there. The number of pitches, football pitches, all over the place is incredible. So they invest in their infrastructure, which is regardless of the size of the population, I would suggest how well do we do that here here in, in our own, own country. To jump to your first point when you said about how it would benefit other people, I've got to say, and I really did appreciate this, Patrick Nelson, Chief Executive of the Irish Football Association, very kindly got in contact with me after my article in, in, in Saturday's Telegraph when I talked about the change to summer football. And I want to make sure I don't misquote Patrick. He said one extra argument for summer football is the increased youth solidarity funding which comes through UEFA the higher we can raise our country coefficient which will happen if we win through more rounds and Patrick thinks we would uh, if we were to change the season the solidarity money flows to premiership clubs who aren't in the, in, in Europe now I don't know whether you're aware of that Stephen I wasn't um, and, and thank you Patrick for, for making me aware of that but it's about increasing also the resources, not just for the, for those who will get into Europe, but for those who, who won't and who aspire to get there. But I do think that our performances, Keith and Stephen, are really affected. I, I get the point, Stephen, as well. When you talk about mentality, I do think that, that there, there's a part here where there is a, a, almost a, a, an inferiority on occasions I've got to say why that is. I've tried to answer that question for, for many, many years. But I do think 
and I would love love to see, love to see it. But I would do think that if we're playing competitively, or our league teams are playing competitively, then our European results, without any shadow of a doubt, will improve. You've only got to look at Derry City. Now I can tell you now, if Derry City weren't playing competitively, there's not a chance in the world that they would have progressed. Do you know what I'm really pleased about? That the Irish FA are taking interest in the Irish League. Yeah. Well done, boys. Keep that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that is the case. We were ranked 39th in, in Europe at the start of this campaign. It looks like we'll fall to, to 40th for next season. So we've taken a step backwards, actually. A slight one, but you know these things have an impact. And there's no reason when you look at that, those nations around Northern Ireland couldn't get up to maybe 33, 32, 31. Beyond that, you get into nations that are just bigger than us and you're not going to compete with. But there's scope there for improvement. And, and as you say, you know, we've got to make moves to, to try and improve that. We talk a little bit about investment there. Something that is relatively new to the Irish League um, is outside investment. We've seen property mogul Kenny Bruce has put in around £5 million in Delorne. British Iranian businessman Ali Poor is investing in Glentoran. There's currently interest in American investment in Coleraine, which could, could be a game changer for them. David, do you think this outside investment it can only be a good thing? Do you know, Keith, um, I have publicly said for quite a while now that the game here has improved improved primarily because of the investment of Mr. Bruce and, and, and Mr. Poor. And, and, and I get that and other clubs have had to take a step back and think, well, OK, if, if we don't look to progress as best we can, then we'll be, we'll be left behind. Here's the, 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 here's the, the, the big thing, <laughs> you know, Mr. Bruce, you know, is the owner of Lauren. You know, there, there's there's obviously lots of people who work with him and help and guide him and whatever else. He's the owner. You know, Mr. Poor, I, I think, Stephen, is, is it something similar, you know, in, in terms of their setup. Now, so you get the investment, but then there there is the cost. And the cost being to clubs who would be, who would, they talk about being a members club. Uh, people who uh, would, would see that having to embrace that investment, they have to give their rule up in, in, in the club. There's lots of an anomalies. There's lots of, of reasons. For, you know, we, we talked about prior to, to Glen Torn, I think it was maybe, um, this is rumour that I heard, but Cliftonville were approached, Glenavon were approached, you know, about, you know, people coming in and, and investing. They decided not to go down that road because there was a fear that they would lose their club. So, I'm all for, you know, the game going forward. Let's be brutally, brutally frank. It, you know, the, the strides that Lauren have made um, were was, was because of the monies that Mr. Bruce has put in. Although there's been a fantastic job, job done by Tiernan and, and lots of other people down there. But, you know... <laughs> It is, it, is, it is going to be a big ask, you know, for some folk to give up their club, as they say it. You know, it's interesting, you know, I've been reading and following Stephen's pieces, you know, about Coleraine and this possible investment. And people want to put this 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 massive amount of money in. But do they want to put that amount of money in and have no say in their club? You know, we've only got to look back to Crusaders. Mm. You know, and, and I don't know the ins and outs of it, and so it would be inappropriate to, to over-discuss this. But there's all of this talk about, you know, this, this group coming in and helping Crusaders and what was going to happen. And as far as I remember, I think they voted, voted for it. And then there was, I don't know whether it was a U-turn, but or further reflection or consideration. But wherever there was, then they thought, oh, dearie me, now, are, are we going, as our club, are we going to be left more vulnerable by the conditions to which you're associated with having inward investment? So, 
I would certainly want to see the league go forward. It certainly do, does need monies. I probably, you know, would like to see government, you know, put put more monies, more monies in. I think also as well. Keith, you know, and this is where someone who hasn't got a notion about business, but you know, traditionally, you know, clubs would have relied on gate receipts, on 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 takings from their, their social clubs, um, you know, on, on on sponsorship. You know, I, I think in this day and age, you know, people have got to look now. You know, how can we have other sources of, of income? And I look with interest at you know, in terms of Dungannon and the pitch that they have put down, and you know, Crusaders would 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 hire their their pitch out. I think uh, Cliff. Do, do the same so th- there's other ways of, of making money and bringing money into your club and I think that's going to be a challenge for clubs now to say okay if, if we're going to compete you know what what other ways are there of, of bringing monies into our club Stephen I mean that, that's an interesting point I mean in many ways we're a couple of decades behind the League of Ireland we saw big investment there around the, the early 2000s that was followed with several bankruptcies of, of clubs is that something we have to be wary of? Teams chasing Lauren, chasing Glen Torn and, and overspending at their own financial cost? I know it's a, still a massive concern down in the League of Ireland and it should be a concern for the Irish League. Um, what you don't want is um, some guy taking over your club and running out a year later, um, leaving it in a complete and utter mess. Thankfully, that hasn't been the case um, at Lauren, um, where Kenny Bruce, as Davy says, has He's, he wants to build a dynasty. And um, we talked about facilities and grounds. What he has done for Inver Park is just off the scale. It's a proper football ground all of a sudden. And Ali Poor has come in at Glentorn. And again, um, he has invested heavily to try and turn the team into a championship team that can get into the Champions League. Now others are looking to follow and it's going to be fascinating what happens with Coleraine. But knowing some of the people involved at Friends of Coleraine, mm. they will be doing their due diligence and then some. And Stephen, you can't you can't blame them. Oh, you know, because got let, to. Let, let, let's go back to the time when Coleraine were on the rubbers. And it was the friends of Coleraine who saved them. Who saved them. So, yeah. you know, you've got to you say, if, if and, and this is not, by the way, wanting to delve into the politics with a small P of other clubs or the running of them. It's just observations from, from the outside looking in. And you think of all of the time, effort and commitment and, dare I say, continued expenditure from the likes of friends of Coleraine into other parts of the club, you know, which is most laudable. And would you suddenly want to have all of that you know, what you've done and what you've given suddenly disappear into the ether and, you bec- and you're cast aside. And as I say, the big risk, as you've said, Stephen, you know, uh, is there a scenario, would Mr. Bruce ever think of walking away? Would Mr. Poor ever think of walking away? We 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 don't we don't know that. But there's all of those, you know, those those are the are the questions that have almost got to be answered. Yeah, I'll tell you why Irish League has become so attractive, though, to a lot of people. And there are lots of different businessmen looking at different clubs, um, Europe, um, and the financial carrot that you have there. Qualifying for Europe has now become some sort of golden ticket. You know, you look at um, a, a manager or a chairman and they qualify for Europe and you think they're like Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. They've just, all their dreams have come true, you know, financially or whatever. And um, investors are looking at that and thinking, goodness me, you know, um, maybe we can make some money on the back of this. Um, what I would say is Kenny Bruce came in because obviously he's a hometown boy. Mm. Dream for him in many yeah. respects. Ali Poor is a businessman, but um, you got to give credit to Ali for the amount of investment. But 
these guys, they've been successful in their own fields. They want something back too. Now, Kenny Bruce has got that by qualifying for the Champions League. Ali Poole want the same. And any investor that comes in and pours money into a football club, they want success, bottom you've got, line. You've got to say, Stephen, that, you know, by looking at what Mr. Bruce and what Mr. Poor has done, they have, they have stuck rigidly by the by their clubs, you know, and they've been very clear in saying they're not doing the walk in the way, and I wasn't suggesting for a moment they would. I'm sort of putting that forward for other clubs who may be looking at people coming in and investing and needing to be sure of the same level of commitment and longevity of commitment that, that has been shown to, to both Glen Torn and, and Lauren respectively. Not so many years ago, the Irish League struggled uh, to garner media attention. I'm going to bring up a bad memory here for you, David, but Glen Torrens 1-0 win over Limfield in the 2001 Irish Cup final. Michael Halliday's goal uh, was the first game broadcast, first Irish League game broadcast live on TV. Now we've got a situation where both BBC and Sky Sports broadcast live games on a, a regular basis. There's a mammoth amount of written coverage. There's podcasts. There's all sorts of different things going on. Um, We've had a bit of bad news this week, Stephen, with the BBC announcing that they'll not be broadcasting the the Irish League show, as it used to be called. Um, is that a blow for the league, or, or is, has the media moved on in a way that maybe a highlight show isn't as important as it used to be? I, th- I still put it down as a blow. I, I enjoyed watching it. I thought Joel Target did a very good job as a presenter, um, and it's a pity it's no longer available. But I will say this, um, the BBC, um, they cover so many live games and, and put it on stream so you can watch it on the internet. So I, I think their coverage um, should be commended. Um, in terms of the overall picture, it's absolutely fantastic the amount of coverage that Irish League football gets um, and long may it continue because I think it is a growing game. And I'd like to make this point. Um, Jared Lawler and myself have had a few throwdowns over the years, but as um, uh, the top man at Niffel along with his team, I think he is taking the game forward and he's trying to make it more professional. Um, uh, and... They're growing the coverage. Um, you just have to look at what Niffle are doing themselves. They're now putting on live games in the championship, and that's fantastic for the overall league. So, um, listen, it's brilliant. Um, I want to see as much coverage as possible in the papers. Obviously, our own Belfast Telegraph gives the best coverage you, you're going to get online and in the newspaper, and it's brilliant to see um, the BBC and Sky Sports involved as well. David, do you remember the dark days when there was it was hard? I mean, the only time you could have saw Ashley goals was probably final score, which none of us would have ever seen because no. it was just straight after the match or Monday night in the news. I mean, it, it's come a long way. Since it's then. come a long, long way. To, to, to answer your point directly, Keith, in terms of the Irish League show, I was, a, like Stephen, a big fan. I thought it was a fantastic vehicle for the promotion of, of Irish League football. Um, it was it was a com- contributor on several occasions, but but thoroughly look forward to you know, to to what to watching it. You know, we're talking in a little bit of ignorance with regards to the, why the decision was made or, or, the, or the context of it. But I would, again, underline what Stephen has said, the number of stream games and the number of, of, of live games that, that are being televised. If you particularly think of the awful times we had through COVID, 
and think of the number of games that were, that were streamed. There was a ridiculous amount. And and full credit to the BBC. Do I wish we, we had kept it? Absolutely. Do I wish it would come back? Absolutely. We'd love to see it back. I th- thoroughly enjoyed it. And I do still think that there's a place for that magazine type, type, type programme. But for me, you know, if I had to give that up, but continued with the level of coverage that we're getting at this moment in time uh, from, from the BBC in, in particular, you know, it, 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 that would be tremendous. I still probably am disappointed from the day that UTV gave up. Quite some time ago, I still love their coverage as well. You know, which 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 was which was was great. I'm, I'm one one compliment one complimented the other. You know, so I've seen that you know the sort of where we've gone from literally nothing, um, to you know to to being very healthy to to last year when with the Irish League show and all of the coverage to now we've lost a little bit. So I hope I hope that 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 it, it, it doesn't go it doesn't go any further than, further than that. Um, but as I say, who, who are we to question in terms of when we don't know the full picture with regards to 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 why the decision was made? I'm, I'm quite sure budgets and and financial reasons were were a big part of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember twenty odd years ago when Arsenal fans used to campaign for a highlight show. That's all you know, Arsenal fans really wanted from in terms of TV coverage, and we eventually got it, but. I always suspected the BBC didn't quite know what to do with those goals. I mean, for a long time, we had the, the Irish League show. It was Final Score 2 to begin with. It was online, then it became the Irish League show with Joel and usually Chris Morgan. And then, it, you know, Nicola McCarthy took over and the time slot changed again to Saturday night and then it changed again to Monday night. You know, it was kind of a... I always got the sense he didn't quite know what to do with it. And I think the reality is maybe the way we consume media has changed a little bit and the idea of waiting to a Monday night to see goals from a Saturday... That era is probably gone now because we're all getting them tapped into our phones straight away. The thing about it is, Keith, you've got to realise that a number of Irish league clubs have taken up the baton themselves mm-hmm. with regards to, you know, recording games, getting games out there, whether they're streaming them, you know, uh, you know, I, I wanted to, to see the, the, the Lauren game uh, recently against Cliftonville, against the Co- Kosovian team, um, mm. Balcony was it that they were called? Balcony. Uh, I, 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 I wanted to see that. And I've got to say the production and the commentary was abs- absolutely first class. But if you go right across the board, it's not just premiership clubs, but it's championship clubs and, and, and further behind beyond, who have their own TV stations, who have their own post-match interviews, who have their own selection of goals to see. It's, you know, so so I can see that where, where someone said, well, is it, do we, are we really able, able to, to cover that? Absolutely. Another element that's changed, something that we've seen forward movement on is attendances. Um, just to throw a couple of statistics there, last season, the crowds, the average was 1,587. Now, that might not seem massive if you're a Manchester United or a Liverpool fan, but it's actually an incredible 93% increase on what crowds were 10 years ago. Um, Stephen, what do you think the the increase in, in attendances is down to? Well, I can go back to 25 years whenever you would go to a Linfield Lantorn game and you'd have 14,000 people in it. Mm. There was no health and safety then, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> if you got in that ground, you were standing. Health and what's uh, <laughs> And then um, Irish League football... I went through a really tough period and um, I've got to say it was after Morgan Day, which was a great day for Glen Torn because they effectively won the title that day against your Linfield team. But what happened after that match was in many respects the ruination of Irish League football for quite some time. There was um, a riot, there was crowd trouble, there was people fighting on the pitch. It was an absolute disgrace. The police were called in. Um, uh, I know your sons were yep. in the ground and yep. you were very worried about them. The same for Glentorn people. Um, and 
on the Monday, that match took place on Saturday, on the Monday, the Belfast Telegraph never had never received as many calls in their entire history. And the calls were all coming in from fathers, mothers, uncles, brothers, saying that they'll never take their kids back to an Irish league game. And from that moment, um, that was in 2005, there was um, a, a serious decline in attendances. And thankfully, over the past um, several years, of, as you've uh, pointed out there, Keith, the attendances have started to rise again. And um, that is absolutely brilliant for the league. And I'll tell you why they're, they're rising. It's not just because of all of the, the, the publicity out there. It's because of the games themselves. You know, by word of mouth, people are coming into their work or going into their schools and saying, goodness me, should have seen the game I was at at the weekend. You know, and um, all of a sudden their mates are saying, ah, you know what, um, I'll maybe have a bit of that. Now, obviously, um, there are still thousands upon thousands of people from Northern Ireland who go to Liverpool, Manchester United, Celtic, Rangers, all these other games involving teams across the water. But um, I do feel gradually there are more and more people who maybe have affiliations to those clubs who are turning up at Irish League grounds and not being disappointed. And then they will keep coming back and coming back and hopefully the attendances will continue to increase. You know, Stephen, you you referenced earlier on the Dungallon-Lauren game and about the uh, unpredictability of it. When you looked at the pictures last night, I thought the Sky coverage, to be fair, was probably better than it has been on, on other occasions but zoomed in on several time, on occasions during the, the, the match on the, 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 the Dungannon supporters did you see you know the, the ages of the of yeah. how many young people were there now uh, over, over the piece you sort of you're, 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 you know they've made a, a, a very determined effort in terms of establishing supporters clubs and the benefits of that they will go to games and if they pay a certain amount of money then they'll, they'll, they'll travel free people are now beginning to invite and invite supporters in, people from the community in. And I think there was a while there was, you know, fans and, 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 the, and, the, and the footballing community weren't overly served. We just sort of expected people to turn up. And if they didn't turn up, well, so what, you know? But but now people are being much more proactive and, and going out and, and, and seeking the attendance of, 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 of families again. I do agree with you, Stephen, that day... Back in 2005, was horrendous. You know, both my boys, uh, Gareth and, and Thomas, were, were, were at the match. And I remember, regardless of the, the result on the day, which ultimately caused us the, the league title that particular year at Linfield, you know, my concern was for, you know, for... For my two boys, so I get why a number of people said, you know, that is it. We're not, we're not going back. But we've repaired that damage. We've repaired it, you know, over a piece. And I think there's a number of things that have got better. I think obviously security, you know, and just just crowd management, you know, has improved. It's not quite all good news on the crowdfront in the sense of there has been some, there's been a series of incidents in the last couple of years, including missile throwing, we've had flares, there has been some sectarian chanting, supporters encroaching on, on the pitch. In response to that, the PSNI this week launched the, the new football strategy. Stephen, is this a serious problem or, or, or what, what place are we in at the moment? Okay, well, first of all, I'll say there's nowhere near as much sectarianism in Irish League football as there was years and years ago. There's nowhere near as much trouble either. But um, when trouble does um, uh, rear its ugly head, we shouldn't sweep it onto the carpet. We should attempt to deal with it and deal with it the best we can. I know the authorities try to do that. I know the clubs do as well. They've issued enough statements um, between them to say, please, you know, don't... um, uh, 
denigrate our club's name. And um, really fascinating that the PSNI have set up this unit. Um, I'm all in favour of it. I know there's been some people out there who think it's a waste of time, but um, surely whenever you've got um, a, a, people, a, a group of people who are specialists at dealing with any trouble at a football ground, you, they should be welcomed because hopefully then they can eradicate it in the future. Irish League football, as I said at the top of this, is in a good place. We want to make it an even better place, a more welcoming place for all, and that means eradicating all crowd trouble across the board. Stevens Page, without any shadow of a doubt, what I would say, Keith, if, if we are analysing where we're at now, football fans can be split into two groups. You've got those who are supporters and those who are followers. And the followers are those who align themselves to whatever club they, they would like to align themselves with. For the purpose of supporting the club, I would say no. They're there for they're there for other reasons. Now they're 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 not massive numbers of them, and slowly but surely, um, you know, hopefully we can eradicate and, and get them out of the way all to, altogether. But they will pick particular games. And it's not one or two clubs, it's right across the board. You've you, these people who like to romanticize almost, you know, they, them, you know, being big and strong and what they can do and taking other, other people on. But they're, they're just followers. They just, they just align themselves. And sometimes I just wish that they, they take themselves right off all, all together. Totally on the page that, that, that we're improving, we're, we're, we're getting better. But you see those people who don't want to come and just watch a game of football. And yes, that's not about not about not being passionate or not wanting to, you know, to be vociferous in, in supporting your team. But go there and, and remember this. You see, at the end of the day, it's only a game of football. And I thought I would never hear myself say that. But now having hit the, the, the age of 60 years of age and, and, and reflecting over various life experiences, that's what it is. At the end of the day, it's a game of football. Nothing more or nothing less. And yes, you want to win. Yes, you want to be successful. But you see if you want to come come along and cause bother or you want to give abuse out. And can I just extend this to actually to social media in terms of some of the stuff that goes on in social media in terms of, of, of how people are treated? You see you keyboard warriors out there <laughs> who, who really, you know, who try to outdo, you know, your mates, your friends or, or the opposition by the amount of abuse that you, ha- you give out. And by the way, it's great. I'm neither on Facebook or Twitter, so I'm going a clue what you're saying but you you are equally as bad don't come on if you're going to come off off of some rubbish stay away don't write in go and pick something else leave Irish League football alone because we have more than enough good people who come along to support our our local game and that's not just in the Premiership but in the Championships and and the IPL and, and, and and, 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 and below you, you may not have seen it then, David, but you definitely got a touch on social media <laughs> after your first column for the Belfast Telegraph whenever you, you said about summer football, but um, best that we leave that there. But yeah, um, you were definitely criticised, my friend. <laughs> Please keep me cocooned, Stephen, because for those of you who are criticised, <laughs> I know you don't like me and I don't care. <laughs> well, let, listen, let's talk about on the pitch. And we, we've, we've ticked all the boxes. We've talked about, um, you know, all the big things uh, that I think we can talk about, but we've got a really exciting season coming up. I think there's an argument that you could make a case there's six different teams who might fancy a tilt at the Gibson Cup this year. David, what do you expect from this season? And who do you think will be lifting the Gibson Cup come the end of it? I would agree, Keith, and this is no respect to the other six teams who, who play in the... Um, in the Premiership, there is an established top six now over this last couple of seasons. Um, and it would be fair to say that all of them, I feel, 
um, have, a, have, a, have, a, have a chance of, of lifting the title. Please believe me as well, but just because there are those who are fighting to get out of the, the, the bottom six, so to speak, that on any given day, any team can beat anybody else, you know, so that, that there are no give gimmies, as, as they say. Um, start with the, you know, the, the reigning champions, an absolute fantastic uh, performance from, from Tiernan Lynch and his staff and his, his players last year. Quite simply, they became more pragmatic. And they uh, and 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 I felt they they changed their game to to suit the Irish league and, and to be successful. Prior to that, we'd heard about process and patterns of play and how we passed the ball, and that, that was all very good and right and positive. Here's the baseline, Keith. It's about winning winning things. And, and when you've Stephen said talked about earlier on the investment of Mister Bruce, he will want to see something coming back. Now it's okay to to win a title. The next job is then having to retain it, and that's even harder. That's even harder. Now. You you look at how Lauren of uh, uh, again strengthened over, over the the the, peri- the period over the, the the summer, and that's the time to strengthen. Um, but they have the target in their back, they have the target in the back, and people make no mistake they will be gunning for them. So mentally, you've really got almost got to be stronger than you were from the year, and, and emotionally stronger from the year that 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 you that you you know that, that they won it. You go to Linfield, and everyone says, "Oh, they they'll be redoubling their efforts." Look at David Healy's record up thus far. You know, people want to catch themselves on when, when, when they, when, when they, the, I see some of the, the, the comments that are made. David has done fantastically well. Last year for me was, it was very much about transition. We talked about Lauren, you know, coming in and going full time. Linfield, that was, as I understand, that was the first year they had gone properly full time. So it was a year of adjustment and a year of getting through. I also think that their European ventures played a massive part in, in terms of a, of a hangover. But I see David is, is rebuilding, he, he's rejuvenating, he's, he, there's a number of players who, who have left the squad. So don't anyone, I'm just not even right off Linfield, it, they, they will be there challenging very much so. But it won't be because they didn't, you know, it wasn't because they didn't win it last year. The mentality of Linfield is about winning it every year. That's that's the long and short of it. And if you don't do it one year, it's, it, as I say, it, it doesn't increase the desire. It, that's the, that's there every year. So Lauren Linfield, you've got to, to, to say uh, uh, Crusaders to me are very much the, 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 the dark horses. And I, I got to watch them against FC Hacker and I was mightily impressed with them. Um, and I think of this sort of own, my own private theory is there are a number of boys who are at that there's more game years behind them than there is, is ahead of them. And there's a certain there's a certain knowledge and a certain desire um, which was very evident I felt in, 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 in this year's Irish Cup against Palomina you know last year everyone sort of morally thought that Palomina should have won and yes the, how, how it ended up was 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 difficult to take in the day but gee was we came up against a different animal this year and there was a, a focus and, and a mindset which was ridiculously strong um, and if I had a dark horse I would be looking at Crusaders. Glenn Torn, I've probably got the most talented squad in, 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 in the country, even with Conor McManaman and um, young Devlin, you know, d- d- departing. Um, big challenge for them is is can they perform consistently right throughout the season? I remember actually doing a game for the BBC at the start of last season, and I couldn't see anybody beating Glenn Torn. I thought the, the champions written all over them. And then for whatever reason, they imploded, you know, th- 
in, in, in the season. But they will be there very much you know, challenging. When I mean, you look at Saturday's result, patches passed against, against Glenavon, and the fact they went to the whatever minute it was of injury time to score shows there's that you know determination to keep going and going right to the end. Well, if they're going to be successful, they're going to have to keep going and going right to the end of the season. And my question is, you know, will they finish the race? Don't be writing off by any stretch of imagination, Cliftonville or 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 or, or Coleraine. Cliftonville, Jim Magilton's coming in. They've talked about a hybrid um, model, and he will certainly want to, to build on the fantastic work of Patrick McLaughlin and, and and go to the next level. Cliftonville suffered that little sort of double whammy against Dungallon, both in the league and the cup, and that seemed to knock them for knock them for six. But there's lots and lots of talented talented footballers that, there. Oren Kearney has, has gone about his business very astutely and the number of players that he, he has brought in, I watched them um, on the on the BBC live stream against Balamina, a most enjoyable game in some players. McKendry I thought was absolutely amazing. Glacken was superb. Um, the, uh, Shevlin w- w- was, w- was excellent and certainly while Balamina gave a very good account of themselves on the night, Coleraine I thought were, were, were obviously just that little bit better and, and more established. So six teams there, you know, people don't point just to investment as the reason why you'll be successful, and that's why I'm saying Coleraine and 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 Cliftonville will very much be up there. Um, but my dark horses are Crusaders. I will write off Coleraine and Crusaders. There's more chance, Davy, of you managing Manchester United than either of those two winning the title this season. Like Crusaders or Cliftonville? Cliftonville and Coleraine. Cliftonville and Coleraine won't win the title, uh, basically because. Um, Cliftonville aren't good enough and Coleraine aren't good enough. Um, their squads aren't strong enough, in my opinion. Now, they could invest before um, the end of the, the window and maybe some in January and that might change things. But right now, nah, not for me. I would suggest this. So it wouldn't surprise me if Cliftonville went on and won the Irish Cup and um, Jim Magilton becomes a hero after being the villain of the piece <laughs> whenever he was appointed because they haven't won it since 1979. So there'd be a bit of um, uh, poetry in that one. The four teams who can win it are Larne, Linfield, Glentorn and Crusaders. Crusaders will only win it though if they make a strong start. They've got to hit the ground running, otherwise it'll be a three-horse race. The reason I don't see Glentorn winning it is Conor McManaman. Conor McManaman was the standout player for the past two seasons in the Irish League and they are going to miss him like crazy. Yes, they have invested well, they've bought good players, but um, there's no one that is on on the same level as McManaman. I do think, though, that um, Warren Feeney can have a successful season by maybe lifting silverware and building for next season. You have to remember, it's his first campaign, and it does take a while to get used to a team, as it will Jim Magilton at Cliftonville, and that leaves Linfield and Lyon. Ultimately, I think they'll fight it out. Um, uh, Linfield, um, listen, Healy's going to be gunning for that title, and, and no man's, he's going to think no man's going to stop me. But I have a funny feeling that Lauren can do it again. I'll tell you why. Because you need bottle to retain a title. You need class, you need character, you need things to go your way and you need consistency to win it in the first place. And Lauren, no doubt, will show all of those but bottles what you need. You've you've retained so many titles, you've forgotten them. And I think Lauren actually, the result against Dungannon, while it was a real shock to their system, it might actually help them because they will realise now that they are the team that everyone wants to beat. Gentlemen, thanks for your fascinating insight on that on this podcast. Much appreciated. 
it's not just stopping here though we're going to have fantastic coverage in the bell tell going forward david you've got a, a saturday calm um, what can we expect in the, the next few weeks um you will expect uh, honesty transparency um but it's it, it, it's very much about it is not about myself it is very much about Irish league football it's very much about how we can continue to take to take football forward david stephen thank you for joining me on the bell tell When you get an Irish independent digital subscription, you don't just get access to the news at your fingertips. For a limited time, you'll also receive a 75 euro O'Neill's gift card. So what are you waiting for? Get the whole kit and caboodle. Visit independent.ie forward slash subscribe today. Irish independent. Terms and conditions apply.